Welcome to Cut the Noise Quick Hits, a series designed for our listeners to get a quick look at technologies and trends that impact their business. This episode is the second in a series about ServiceNow in which we'll educate you on the platform's capabilities and provide a case study of how real-world customers are using the feature. I'm with Andy Gallimore, our practice manager for ServiceNow, and today we're going to do a quick overview of the platform and capabilities in the IT operations management, or ITOM space. Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're doing in that space? Yeah, thanks for having me. I love talking about the the ITOM space from a ServiceNow perspective. It's uh, definitely, it's certainly a piece of the puzzle that I think is missing from uh, our competition. So when we talk about ITOM, we really are talking about a couple key components. Uh, Number one is the discovery aspect of uh, the software, and that is sniffing out your network and understanding what's on the network, what assets are out there, what hardware. Uh, We're talking about that. We're not just talking about servers. We're talking about being able to identify your laptop that hits the network or firewalls, things of that nature. Really helps you understand the full picture of what you have to help load your CMDB and or your asset management process. From there, we really look at uh, business service mapping and uh, being able to now take all of that network information that we've sniffed out using discovery and allow us to paint the network picture of traffic flow and how those now unique individual components tie together to make the picture of your infrastructure. So being able to do that really helps a visualization of my key business services. Now one of the things that I'll talk about from a service mapping perspective that is a little bit different, a lot of times we think of operations management, we want a network picture. Uh, But what ServiceNow really tries to drive to, and I think this is unique with regard to how it uh, reflects the information, is it focuses on a business service, not necessarily an application like we're used to from an operations perspective. So when we talk about that, and I give a typically give the example of the difference between a an application and a business service is, you know, commonly we all have online banking accounts. Well, when I think of online banking, I think of that as an application. There are many different components that make up online banking. So when I want to do an application map and I want to see how that application runs, I have a hierarchy of all the infrastructure that runs the application. But that's not typically how we support individual capabilities from an ITOM perspective. We'd really drive down to a component feature. So. If, I, if you can kind of mentally go there with me, funds transfer becomes a business service of the overall application. And now, instead of identifying when a problem takes place or an incident comes in, instead of broadcasting to the world and to the entire company that online banking is down, when truly the business service for, I can't move money, wire transfer or funds transfer is down, It actually gives us a unique positioning to help make sure that we're actually identifying the real problem as opposed to potentially blowing up and escalating things that aren't as big of a deal. And that'll notify the right people to get involved to fix the problem. And it notifies the right people and we don't get everybody from an online banking perspective trying to solve a problem that really it's just funds transfer and there's just this one sliver of code that we need to change. So have you seen a situation where a customer has gone through this service mapping process, they've had an incident and you know I've been part of basically all hands SEV1 calls where you have 20 people on a call for four hours trying to figure things out where there's really only two people that are needed once you diagnose the problem. Right. Does this cut it down to the two people right away? It does and it actually um, changes the environment from a business perspective as well because again now I, I am talking about business service mapping 
The, the interesting part of this is it, it ties business and IT together a little bit more because now you're talking in terms of a business service as opposed to an IT application that most business people don't know. They just know I log into that application. But when you say funds transfer is down, there's somebody in the business that understands exactly what that is and now I can have an actual viable conversation with IT and our business to satisfy the need and I don't cause mass pain to the infrastructure like you're talking about with giving everybody on a phone call. Um, we have seen it in the interesting use case. Um, I'm, I'm ashamed to even admit it, but uh, you know, the one use case that we had where this really helped was around email. And you know, email is every company that I talk to, it's their one of their major top 10 applications. Uh, they run their business on email. Most companies do. And uh, this particular company had an outage in email that really when we mapped down to root cause, it was actually a minute BlackBerry email server that only probably 10 people had BlackBerry mail is still in the company. But we put out a broadcast to the entire company that emails down mm -hmm. when in fact, this business service, had I done an email business service map that showed, okay, there's an extension of the application of overarching email that comes down and says, okay, webmail's up, and so is my, you know, native mail, but my BlackBerry mail's out. Well, who does that impact? That impacts these 10 people. Let's just notify them and not the entire company that emails down. And that's a, a real life example of a customer that had that particular issue but they notified everybody, even though it was a very minute problem. So to map what we learned uh, in the last episode with ITSM, so let's say you have, in this particular case, you've got 10 or 20 incidents of people saying, I can't get to my email from my BlackBerry. That creates a problem, which by using service mapping, you can figure out what service is actually the most impact to get the right piece of people engaged and resolve the problem and consequently the incidents that were open kind of closing the loop. Is that right. fair? And the, and the fact that it's all in one single database platform, whereas in a lot of our competition, they have similar tools, but they're all different disparate databases. And Probably parts of acquisitions and not talking to one They bolted something that. on that they yeah. purchased, absolutely. And um, the difference being is now in my active map, service map, I can log into that map and see the visualization. And on a server, I can see that that server has an incident recorded against it and I can drill into the details. So I can truly dot walk back to the issues that are existing that are driving the problem, as well as see the visualization of what upstream and downstream impacts am I having because of this server being down. Did you say dot walk? I did say dot walk. What is a dot walk? What is a dot walk? Uh, dot walk is typically a software term. Uh, when you start talking walking about walking back the patch releases, walking well, you you actually walk back to where you started. Actually, it, um, you you can even use it from a um, a web perspective, where um, when I can I can trace back the things that I clicked on to get to my end result, and I can dot walk back to go to the previous pages. Not a fully vetted term. I don't know. Even if you knew everything about Itom, I bet you hadn't heard dot walk before. <laughs>
<laughs> Cha-ching, there's a winner right there. There you go. Okay, uh, so that's great. That's discovery and service mapping. What else do we have in, in ITOM? So the next key to ITOM, after you go through your discovery and your uh, your service mapping, you build your core service maps, the other aspect of, uh, of ITOM really drives in that I feel is probably the most impactful is getting into event management. And this is where we start tying into tools like SolarWinds and like Logic Monitor and the, the external third-party monitoring tools that we can take data feeds from, pull those in, apply those in visually to the service map and create incidents and or you know problems, whatever it is that's coming back from that third-party system and now have a full life cycle so that we can be proactive in response as opposed to reactive as we are when a user submits an incident online for self-service. So this could be the brains of your network operations center or your security operations center or your knocker sock. Right. right. Yeah, this becomes the uh, the proactive nature of how we monitor the infrastructure and respond prior to user impact. Where, where you start getting into even the power of the platform, uh, you start talking about, now I have an event that's identified from a third-party application. I can feed that into ServiceNow. I can identify and create incidents and, and actions to take. Uh, but not only that, if I tie it to another component of the ITOM suite, which is orchestration, I can now start auto-remediating those events that come in. Uh, so when I start talking about things like uh, a, a server down, maybe I can, uh, I can reboot a server using orchestration and automation. Mm -hmm. And that event that came in from my third-party tool told me that the server was not responsive. It creates now an incident. The incident then gets, goes through uh, a standard process to kick off the orchestration to reboot that server and see if it remediates the problem. If it does, we close the incident. No more the wiser, but I've got, uh, I've got tracking of every step of that process within the system and not one human had to intervene. So if it automatically reboots a server, for example, does it file an emergency change when, you, when it does that to make sure you're keeping on top of your change management process? We can. We can do that. That's uh, definitely something that um, you know, we can make sure, be, but because there's typically an incident uh, with that, most companies I don't believe actually create that emergency change. They just solve that problem based on an incident as opposed to a change. Um, because nothing's technically changing in the environment. The server's not being reconfigured. The server's not being re-engineered re, um, in any way, shape, or form. It's just being, like in the incident, uh, in the discussion we had about uh, um, in ITSM, the situation that I had where somebody unplugged the server, you know, all I'm doing is plugging back in what is already there. So there's really no configuration change. There's no uh, hardware change that's taking place other than it's getting it back to operating the way it should have been in the first place. Um, but you absolutely can tie that into your change management process. You can, from the incident, you can actually trigger the orchestration. You can make sure that if it solved the problem, you can actually track the change. And now you've got, again, all the documentation for the entire process without any human intervention. Anything else in the ITOM module we should be talking about today? Uh, so the, the last piece, and this is a piece that um, is actually uh, maturing, but uh, there's, there's two other points that I would really like to make as part of ITOM. Um, one of which is the cloud management capability. So being able to use orchestration and cloud management to manage my cloud space. So whether that's Azure, whether that's VMware, I can spin up and down VMs in an automated fashion using the orchestration capability. I can, um, I can change, make changes to AD and uh, help people with uh, credential provisioning, those type of things. Those are 
common aspects of the orchestration aspect of the ITOM suite that allow for, even in some cases, we talk about employee onboarding. Every company in the world has employee onboarding and offboarding uh, processes. And if they have an employee, they've got a process for it. And the automation of that credentialing, and then when somebody moves a department, instead of having somebody manually go through and verify, oh, well, I need to take this away, I need to add this capability, we can use orchestration and automation to add, change, delete those AD records in an automated fashion. Uh, and then tying into the cloud provisioning, if you don't use hard desktops and laptops, we can spin up and down VMs and, uh, and you know, VDI type of capabilities in an automated fashion uh, to help that fluidity of that process as well. So one extremely interesting piece, and, and I know this specifically because I was on the customer side when this took place, but uh, one of the things that I think differentiates ServiceNow from its competition is the, the nature of the fact that they do not want to uh, build any type of bolt-ons. Um, so I know this specifically around service mapping, and since we're talking about ITOM, I thought I'd take the opportunity. But when I, I actually was one of the early customers on the ITOM space from a service mapping perspective, and I know that because we actually contracted with a company called Nebula, and uh, as we contracted, Nebula got acquired by ServiceNow. So when we went through the process, it was before we started, so we actually had to recontract with ServiceNow to do that and uh, to get the service mapping capability on the platform. The big driver for that uh, was interesting because we, we wanted that service mapping capability, that visibility to the, uh, the network view. And we, Nebula was one of the leaders for that. ServiceNow acquired that. And unlike ServiceNow's competition, they didn't actually bolt that on, which is what uh, you know, some of the competition would do. And uh, then they would rebrand it and call it their own. But what ServiceNow really did was they bought that IP. They, they took that capability, they took the code and the, the expertise, and they reprogrammed it on their platform. They did that to make sure that there are no integration issues with the platform, that it's one holistic view of a, a database that talks ITOM to ITSM to PPM. All of those things are in that single da database that allow us to have the flexibility in the platform without breakpoint. Um, and I, I was able to see that firsthand. We actually went live on the Nebula platform as they were recoding on the ServiceNow platform and then transitioned us later to the actual um, SaaS offering. Uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty intriguing. Is there a recent customer success story uh, around ITOM you'd like to share? Yeah, we've got a couple uh, ITOM uh, customers out there from a service mapping perspective that have uh, drawn some transparency to uh, their infrastructure and been able to mitigate and again, build, in my opinion, build a relationship with their business partners that they've never had before. Talking about business service mapping actually changes as much of the culture as it does the technology. Uh, and it uses the, the platform to be able to have that conversation and figure out how do we get our business more invested in the technology. So we do have one customer that uh, we've gone through the uh, organizational change aspect of that. And as we roll out these business services, we actually worked with their business units to help draw attention to business services and ownership, which then ties the IT and the business together much more tightly. And that has actually shown uh, very profitable from their perspective in stronger communications, in 
faster mean time to resolve, and that visibility to what is the upstream and downstream impact for communication purposes. All right, great. That was excellent information on IT operations management from ServiceNow. Next time, we're going to cover IT business management capabilities, and I look forward to that discussion next time, Andy. Thanks for having me. Cut the Noise Quick Hits was recorded in the Round Tower Global HQ in Cincinnati, Ohio. Audio mixed and edited by Vince Lombardo, and I'm Curtis Lindemann. We hope you join us next time for Cut the Noise Quick Hits.